when I said estrogen affects cortisol, estrogen actually modulates cortisol so that when we're younger, we actually have a different reaction to stress. And so if you're, if you're hitting anxiety and you're still having regular periods, you've really got some stress in your life. But once we get beyond our, those ranges of estrogen, once it drops down to the 10% that we have left, then cortisol actually kicks in more and makes it harder to, to cope with stressful events. So stress management becomes extremely Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have Jean Andros with us, and she's going to tell us all about what she is up to and who she is. Take it away. Hey, I'm Jean Andrus, and I am the menopause guru. I became the menopause guru because back when I was 48, uh, things started happening to me and I didn't expect them at all. And um, I had weird symptoms. I didn't have the normal hot flashes and mood swings and wonky periods. I had perfectly normal periods, but I was angry, I was depressed, and I had no libido. Um, it cost me my marriage, it cost me my job, it cost me my house, and it almost cost me my son. But when I sort of woke up that um, I had to do something for myself, I had to do something about this, and I still didn't know it was menopause. Um, I got healthy, I got happy, and I created a new life for myself. And in doing that, I became um, an advocate for women not to go through what I did, which was to go through it unprepared, unknowing, and um, pretty much clueless. So I, I have, I became what I call a menopause mastery coach. I work in the realm of hormonal balance and health coaching, as well as life coaching and helping women understand what this change means to them in their lives. Wow. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Speaking from somebody who is like, you know, I'm like 40, I'm going to be 48 soon. So yeah. Okay, then. Yes. <laughs> 48 yeah. is um, quite a normal age for women to start experiencing lots of symptoms. Um, some women 
go through it earlier. Some women go through it longer with lots of symptoms. And some women, some women are very lucky and they go through it with almost no symptoms at all. About 5% of the population has no symptoms whatsoever other than their periods just stop. Um, is there a way to tell whether you're going to be in the 5%? I think, you know, the, the healthier you stay, the more you take care of yourself, the, the weller you are, the more that you embrace wellness, um, and the more that you embrace yourself, the easier, the more likely it is that you'll go through it without a lot of issues. Mm. Makes sense. I mean, you're probably in more too with the body too. I mean, if that's the case, if you're more into wellness and health, you're more yeah. than likely to kind of notice changes in your body. Like you'll, you'll have like uh, a better sense of what's happening to you. Exactly. And, um, although when I, when I first started doing this, I was, was, um, uh, doing one of those get acquainted calls with someone who was a, uh, health coach. Um, and I said to her, so tell me about your menopause experience. And she said, well, I'm not sure. I don't know when I'm going to go through it. And I said, okay, so tell me, you know, when was your last period? She said, oh, about three or four years ago. And, and I said, you're through it. And she said, but I didn't have any symptoms. And I said, yeah. <laughs> so she didn't, she never even really noticed. She didn't like me she didn't really know what she was getting into but it unlike me it went very smoothly for her okay gotcha wow and so like um so what is so how did you even figure it out like how did that happen so i i got myself well i i got lucky i I really say that I got lucky because I picked what was a really good diet and exercise plan for myself. I got the support I needed. I got out of an unhealthy relationship. Um, actually, I got into a, to a healthy one and that helped, you know, down the road that uh, I was with him. But um, I started, what I started doing was I wanted to get out of my corporate job. And so I became a personal trainer. I certified as a personal trainer through American Council on, on Exercise. And I started working with women who were a lot like me. They were in their mid forties to early fifties. And I started working with them and I started noticing that we all had these same issues. And by this time I was pretty well aware that I was in perimenopause. And I started doing a lot of research, a lot of research, and um, which I do to this day. I, I'm constantly researching stuff. But what I realized was that we all went through these same kinds of issues of our bodies rebelling, our bodies changing, but our minds, just our minds and our hearts and our spirits just changing completely. And we, we go from this person who was oriented towards other people, other focused, focused on our kids, focused perhaps on our jobs, focused on our volunteer work. And then we, we get to this point somewhere where we say, 
wait a minute, I really don't care about other people's opinions of me or what I'm doing. I don't care. I, I need to put myself in the, into the center of my life. And you see it over and over and over again as women kind of hit this mid 40s time. And it happens for at different times for different ones of us because our cycles are changing and our hormones are changing. And the way it plays out is it, it moves us from this intense other focus where we, we put ourselves on the outside of our lives to allowing us to put ourselves in the center of our lives. Now, I always say, say when I talk about this, it doesn't mean you have to kick anybody else out of the center of your life. If you have, if you have kids, if you have a, a spouse that you adore and appreciate and who adores and appreciates you, you don't have to kick that person out of the center of your life. You just Good. simply get to put yourself <laughs> in there so that you get to make decisions from a point of view that says, I am as important as anyone else in the center of my life, which is really wild. It's really, it, it allows you to do all kinds of different things. Um, it allows you to make decisions from a point of view of your passion and your purpose and your own personal priorities. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's interesting because a lot of people, uh, I mean, I, this is not, you know, this is a generalization of course, but like the majority of us really are outwardly focused and yeah, that's why there's always, there's always like a big thing about, you know, you gotta have self-care. You gotta do something for self-care because otherwise you're have nothing to give. So it's just interesting that it comes a- back to the center again. Yeah, but there's a biological imperative to that. So when we are capable of having children, um, what what is true from a biological perspective is those children are biologically, evolutionarily more important than than the older generation. So. Biology right, because they must survive to keep the thing going. Yeah, yeah, they have to survive. We, you know, right. you've reproduced. You're not important. Right. So right. there's this biological imperative, and so what's happened is over the over the millennia and the thousands, thousands, and thousands of years that we have evolved into who we are, it has become um, tied to our our female hormones to estrogen and progesterone, this whole sense that we are focused on our offspring. And the cool thing is, unlike 99.99999% of all mammalian species, humans and a few and a few very rare other species actually have this thing called menopause where we become infertile and yet have an extended lifespan beyond that. Um, So that that there must be a purpose to that. It must be good for us as a species to have that happen because all women throughout the world, this isn't a recent invention, this isn't a recent invention of humans. This is something that has gone on all the way back to our remotest female common ancestress, which is amazing. 
That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's great. And so, you know, so you, you figured this out kind of, um, almost like serendipitously. Right. And then, yeah. And then you like, uh, and then, so then how did you, so you just started doing research and then, so did you bring that research back to your women's group that you were training? Well, I, I brought it back to the women I was training and it started resonating and they started saying, wow, you're right. If I take care of myself and I have the room in my life to become passionate and purposeful, in a different way than I've been all along. I have have opportunities. I have growth potential in my life that uh, that I wouldn't have had otherwise. And so, I I moved from training to this brand of coaching that I do because what I the other stuff I found out was all of these hormonal imbalances that are tied to what happens when progesterone and and estrogen change their levels in our bodies. So things like testosterone, insulin, thyroid, cortisol, none of those work the same after we hit menopause. So we're all out of balance and we need to pull ourselves back into balance so we can be healthy. Mm. We can be beyond healthy. We can be well, we can be, um, you know, I tell people I became a runner and I became an adventure sports junkie when I was in my late 40s, 48 and beyond. And I still run crazy races. Um, Mostly I don't, I, I do relay races now and I still go mountain biking and I still go hiking and I still if somebody would invite me, I'd still jump out of a perfectly good airplane because there's just no better rush, none, (laughs) than jumping out of an airplane. Um, But it gives us all these possibilities. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the reasons you fearless freedom thing just attracted me so much when I saw your podcast. And I said, wow, this sounds like, like, you know, what I want women to understand is that maybe you don't do it when you're 35 and you have two ki- two little kids or you're still or you've got a career that you're trying to build or both or you know all those things that women in that time of their life are doing but you still have that opportunity to do all of this stuff and the the basis in that is that you have to take care of yourself you have to take on this self-care and it's beyond, you know, it's beyond spa days and it's beyond manicures. Okay. I, I did have the manicure today, um, but it's beyond that. It's, it's putting into your body, the things that it needs. And that's different now than it was 10 years ago or five years ago, or in my case, 20 years ago, it, it's different. And the exercise you need is dependent on what your hormones are doing and absolutely positively stress management becomes so important at this time of our lives because we're under at least as much stress as we were and our bodies aren't quite, when I said, when I said estrogen affects cortisol, estrogen actually modulates cortisol so that when we're younger, we actually have a different reaction to stress 
And so if you if you're hitting anxiety and you're still having regular periods, you've really got some stress in your life. But once we get beyond uh, our those ranges of estrogen, once it drops down to the 10% that we have left, then cortisol actually kicks in more and makes it harder to to cope with stressful events. So stress management becomes extremely. Hmm, interesting. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. And so um, when you, when you're talking with women, are you checking their hormone levels too? I work uh, because I am a health coach, not a, not a practitioner, health practitioner. Well, mm -hmm. I am a health practitioner, but I am not a licensed doctor or um, nutritional nutritionist. I work from symptoms and okay. occasionally I'll send somebody off to get hormone tested. Um, but it's usually pretty easy to tell what's going on, especially when you look at things like sleep. Sleep is very uh, sensitive to hormonal imbalances. And the trick is the way you don't sleep, how you don't sleep, tells you a lot about what's going on underneath it. So low estrogen shows up differently than high cortisol in your sleep or in some cases, fatigue, um, thyroid affects it. Thyroid and, and low cortisol, cortisol, uh, adrenal fatigue, um, actually look a lot alike, but you can see from other symptoms, which one it really is. So I use symptoms. Okay. I use symptoms. Okay. And then if I need to, I send somebody off to get, get tested with a couple of practitioners I know. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. And then what is uh is the program usually like a few weeks long or how? I like working work? with women for six months. Um, okay. And the reason I say that is that it sometimes takes a while for specific changes. And sometimes there's a cascading effect. So we take care of one and then another one becomes more important, becomes more okay. important. So we go down all of the all of those. Plus we're looking at um, who they want to be. We, we get to go back. I do some, 
I do some work with who they were as a child, what they what they've loved, what they've put aside in their lives, um, so that we can, as they go forward, they know what they want to bring back into their life. Want to they know is it travel or is it art or is it um, mission work? I've had I've had people who really opened up to a to a heart for missions. Um, okay. I've had people wake up to um, entrepreneurial ideas and other people. Um, I had one woman I worked with who was a therapist, but decided that her focus needed to switch and be an art therapist. So she brought her art back into her life. So we do a lot of, we do some life coaching as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's cool. And then you have to let the audience know how they can reach out to you. So um, I, what I'd love to offer is my sleep, what I call my sleep freebie or my five best tips to get a better night's sleep tonight. Um, there are things you can, you, you can put, into, uh, put into practice right away. And you can find that at Menopause Matters podcast that's all one word m-e-n-o-p-a-u-s-e-m-a-t-t-e-r-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t.com slash opt-in so that is my uh, my freebie that i'm offering to you and i'd love to uh, there's also a contact page on that website menopause matters podcast and you can just reach out to me right from there you will get an email with the with the opt-in you can reply to that and anything that comes from there comes right back to me at my desk so i'd be delighted to hear from you from your listeners that's fantastic okay fantastic and then so tell us now you told us how things got started um how are things going so how many years has it been now that you've been doing this so i've been doing this for about 14 years. Wow. Including some of the personal training that that I did that I was continuing to do as this was a, becoming a thing. Yeah. Got it. Wow, that's quite a lot of experience. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then um have you been like how did everything go with you and the pandemic? Where do you have to did you have to go more virtual during that time? I've always or? been virtual. I've always, always been virtual, yeah. so it's not a big well. Thing for you. When I was training, when I was training, I was often in the gym with my my clients. But when I started this particular practice, it was started as a virtual thing. I I was oh good for you. Way to be ahead of the time online. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a way ahead of the curve there. <laughs> the pandemic just simply uh, reinforced my uh, introvertedness. <laughs> I know it doesn't. I don't sound like I'm an introvert, but. I can, you know, I can sit here in my little world and for a very long time. No, but I mean, that's, uh, that's good that you were, I mean, you didn't miss a beat. So that's great. Yeah. And then, so what are you, do you have like, um, do you have uh, any plans, like anything that you're, oh no, actually, that's not the question I want to ask you. How about this? Okay. Was there any fear that you faced when you, when you decided that, um, when you realized what was happening to you? And you decided that you were going to share this information with other people. Was there any fear in that venture? Well, so when I quit 
my corporate job to become a personal trainer. I don't know whether you will remember this date, but it was in August of 2008. Probably three days before the housing market. Oh, yeah. Down. I was like, wait a minute. That's right around when everything crashed for the housing market. Yes. So I I think the fear came then okay. uh, was, was, oh, what did I just do? It? Oh, yeah. What did I just do to myself? And, um, but it was interesting because what I did at that time in my life was I had, I had kind of embraced adventure sports okay. prior to that. While I was still in the corporate world, I was working for um, First People Soft and then Oracle Corporation as a um, on site consultant implementing really large computer systems. Okay. And the cool thing about that job was that I would fly out every Sunday and I'd fly home every Thursday, but they really didn't care where I fly, flew to on Thursdays. So on a lot of Thursdays, I would fly somewhere in the United States and do something uh, fun, like skiing nice. or, nice. Um, going with with a bunch of friends and running a half marathon or uh, one of these relay races or um kayaking someplace whitewater kayaking someplace and so um i i kind of got into a mantra of facing fears to nice. to be um really facing facing physical fears allowed me to face many other fears, fears of, of you know, being alone and for the rest of my life or, you know, all of those kinds of things about stepping out and doing some of this. And I guess the ultimate experience really was jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I'm sure. In a rainstorm. I had a colleague that did that quite a lot. He did it I've only thousands, done it thousands of times. He's done it thousands of times and he's done Guinness Book of World Record, um, tandem yeah. jumps and things like that. Oh, um, yeah. And he married somebody who craziness. Also is into that. Yeah. <laughs> so but it's yeah. craziness. I'm not sure I I'm not sure I ever want to be the person packing the parachute and oh yeah, and doing it by myself. Um, I'm perfectly happy to do that strapped onto the back of a, a guy who's um, you know does this for a living right 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 <laughs> okay but, yeah. that's great that is good and then um are you finding that you're facing new fears now i mean 14 years in are you finding that you're facing new ones um so i don't know if it's new new fears so much as new adventures my husband and i um bought a camper trailer uh nice about 18 months ago and we are starting it's it's we've had a couple of stops but um we're we're doing some longer trips and i'm getting to see parts of the country that i've missed personally i mean i'm i've been taken off that list of states all my life and it's down to seven wow and i'm determined to get six of them in the next 18 months 
Um, okay. They're all like the northern tier states, Montana, North Dakota, those. OK, those I was going to say they have to be able to be driven to. So that's yeah, well, that saying. that's why the seventh is Hawaii. And I've got to oh, okay. make that happen with Blaine because they tell me that it's really hard to get to with a camper. I don't know. Yes, it is. Somehow. <laughs> Something about it being an island. <laughs> Something about it being like 2000 miles. from. <laughs> yes, there's that, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. That's cool. That's really cool. And then, you know, um, so it sounds like you married an, an adventurer as well, huh? Yeah. He's, uh, we've met whitewater kayaking. So oh, see, look um, at that. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, um, I, I, I do have a couple of friends who have done things like that specifically to meet guys. And really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're like, I know there are a thing. lot of guys who do X, Y, Z. I mean, I had one friend who was into astronomy, but mostly because there were all these guys that hung out there. Okay. And there's always, always guys by themselves on the river without their, without women. Okay. And, you know, so there's, they're like, let's meet guys. And I, I was out there to kayak. Right. I was out there to kayak and I just happened to meet one of the world's last remaining uh, bachelors in his 50s. So gotcha. he had never, never been married before. Wow. Um, yeah, we've been married over 10 years now. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love hearing stories like that because a lot of times people... You know, if they've never been married or, and you know, and they're getting up into the middle age range, it's like a little more difficult usually. So, yeah. And so what I say for that, and I, I am not a relationship coach. I do not do that. But um, my, my saying, my thing is do what you love. Go out and be incredibly happy doing what you love and love will find. Yeah, I'm sure. Meant to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the part. That's the part. Now that's great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So, you know, we're at that um that point in the show where we do our tradition. Are you ready? Okay. Sure, okay, I'm come, ready. okay great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the first, the, the these are fill in the blanks. And the first one is if I am fearless, I will. Do what I want. Love it. Love it. The next one is, to me, fearless freedom means. Doing it anyway, even if you're scared. Okay, okay. And then the last one is, my battle cry is. Menopause is a gift. And I awesome. embrace it wholeheartedly. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, there's lots of benefits to it, right? They have to worry about cycle. <laughs> you don't have to worry about cycles you can wear again pregnant whatever you want right i'll get pregnant there you go so yeah. that there there are and a lot of positives not have a two-year-old i recently i went up and to to visit with my son and wound up taking care of my two-year-old granddaughter for oh there you go about four or five days out of a week and i was like yeah this is hard work <laughs> it is hard work it is hard work little kids are hard work they are they're awesome but they are work there's no doubt about yes. it <laughs> no doubt about it so yeah no I, I agree with that one for sure 
<laughs> yeah, um, we joke about it this this whole thing because like we have friends who, you know, they had their we had our children later, um, mm-hmm. because we did career first. But like we've had friends who, you know, they had their children along the way <laughs> so, <laughs> so now they're like they're at like that grandchild phase you know when we're we're still at the raising children phase which yeah. is fine <laughs> but what's funny is that you know the friends of ours that you know thought they were completely done and then have a surprise child and it's like whoa yeah, yeah that's, that part is so hard let me just <laughs> let me say this one thing to your listeners because it's it's important whether you're you think your family is complete or you think your family is not complete from the time that you start perimenopause, you are still fertile until one year after your last period, which is actually the technical definition of menopause is that one year anniversary of the start of your last period. So 12 months period free, your body is not, not, even capable anymore of growing a uterine lining so it's that's where you're not going to that's even if you happen to ovulate it's not gonna you're not going to be able to get pregnant but you should know that it goes that long so if you're taking chances you're taking Mm -hmm. chances Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it it depends on whether or not you are interested in whether you think your family is complete and whether you think that in two years you can cope with a two or in three years you can cope with a two-year-old and in 17 years that you can teach a teenager to drive. That's always yeah. That, that's that the, that's the, the bird. That's the, yeah. Yeah, just think about that. Litmus. Think about that before you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, indeed, indeed. No, no, that's good. That's good stuff. Awesome. Such a great conversation. And I know that um, listeners will definitely be reaching out if they feel like they're on the same vibe as you. I'm sure they will reach out. I would Um, love to hear from your listeners. Oh, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome.